Well, welcome, folks, to the Profitable Python podcast. This is your host, Ben McNeil. On this episode, you will meet Victor Gomez. He is 22, currently a senior studying computer science. He has recently interned at BlackRock, which is a financial fintech company in New York City, and is also a coordinator for the teacher assistant program at his university. Victor has mentored and coached many people into their dream internships as computer science students. He is currently growing a community of internship seekers and helping the community to get the internship and jobs they deserve in, in software engineering. Victor, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. So before we do anything here, I have to ask you a very important question. Are you a dog person or a cat person? More of a dog person. When I was younger, actually, we had cats and the cats would just like mess with me and I'll just mess with the cats. So it didn't like have a good connection. It was fun, but dogs are more of like a friendly, fun thing, you know, for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> awesome. So you are a dog person. Yeah. That, that's awesome. So yeah, I just want to jump right into this. Tell me about the roadmap that you give your students to go from starting computer science in college to getting their dream internships. Okay. So I actually, I wrote, uh, so uh, the way it started was that I had a few friends and a few people that I uh, helped when I was a teacher assistant at the beginning when I was like starting college, now that I'm a senior. But okay. I just decided I wanted to like go deeper with them and I just like gave them free mentoring and I built some experience with that and then I decided to create an uh, ebook on to provide to my Instagram community. Mm -hmm. And the roadmap is basically showing them all my experience from starting college to all the little tips and tricks that you might not know that you might need to experience or, or like trial and error for you to figure out by yourself and all compiled in one place. So it goes a lot into some of uh, networking or optimizing your resume, or optimizing your LinkedIn the tricks to connect with uh, people, career fair, uh, extracurricular projects, how do you create things that are outside of school, how like GPA shouldn't be your only focus, mm, how like it that. should be, you know, uh, creating extracurricular things, going and trying to get some work that is relevant, going to hackathons, you know, getting with people, joining clubs, and goes a lot into all that. And then also preparing for interviews, right? How it's the technical interview different than others, why it is hard and why people prepare for it instead of just like going to it. Mm -hmm. How is it like different? Yeah, I, I think that's awesome. So are people getting good results from this or what is your, what is your experience yeah, with uh, that content? It's good. A lot of people really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And that, I think that's because, again, how I said it when I first started and I went to my like first career fair and I had a resume and I went talk to uh, the employers. I had no idea what I, I could get. I was just like, okay, I just came up with this resume here, here. Mm -hmm. Someone want to like interview me, you know, mm -hmm. I had no idea what the process was like, what the interview was like, uh, what was the right way of doing things or what was the wrong way of doing it, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, but after like I got all the experience and I interviewed with a lot of people and helped a lot of people and learned from that, uh, I was able to like pass that on with 
this ebook. So people, they're all like, oh my God, I never thought of that. You know, they, they get a lot of insights from mm-hmm. those tips. Yeah, that's awesome. What school are you going to right now? Uh, University of Arizona. It's a pretty big school and it's like 50,000 people. And I always say it's like not, it's not a school that's like too hard to get into. They have a pretty good computer science program, but uh, I always say that's not about the school, you know? It's not about, that's not going to stop you from getting to places. Like the, the internship that I am right now, my group of friends, they're all from like MIT, Cornell, or like all Ivy League schools. Mm-hmm. But you, if you do the right things, you can get those internships that are very competitive with right. like a, going to a like smaller school, less non-name school, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So you're in Tucson, Arizona. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm originally from uh like North Phoenix actually. Okay. So, yeah, that's it's kind of warm there right now, I think. <laughs> Where in North Phoenix? Uh Cape Creek, if you're familiar with that area. Uh no, I don't know. Okay. I lived in Sedona for a year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sedona is uh that's a beautiful place. Yeah. What it Oh, you had to go to school. That's why you you left, right? Yeah. 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 University. Yeah, that's uh, Sedona is a really cool place. Slide Rock and all that stuff. So, uh-huh. yeah. Well, cool. I'm I'm uh, excited for that content that you're sharing. Like, basically, it's you're you're helping people shortcut their their process from kind of like you sharing your learnings from your mistakes and your successes. That's yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. So when when you when did you first start uh, getting interested in programming and yeah, when, let's just start there, I guess. Okay. So it was quite a journey, but in programming in general, um, when I was in high school, and this was in Brazil, that's where I'm from, okay. from Brazil. Um, uh, at the start, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, and I, was in, like, I didn't start super early, but mm-hmm. I knew my dad. My dad has been a software developer at the same, working for the government in Brazil for a while, um, and that's like, I think that's his only job. And he just like went up the career mm-hmm. path. Um, but I didn't know, I thought about like business. I thought about some other things. But then at the end, at the very end, I just decided, okay, I'm just going to go for computer science and see how it goes. Mm. And it actually, like I did a semester of college in Brazil University. And there, like I did it very well in the programming classes. And it was like super fun for me. It just felt like a puzzle. I always liked video games and programming just felt like a puzzle in the language that it had to like put all the pieces together to do the thing that it wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Right? So I started there and then I kind of stopped when I moved to United States after that one semester of college. Mm-hmm. I, I had one year of transition while I did uh, high school again and I stopped programming. I was just focused on learning English and like, accommodating with the change mm-hmm. until I got back into college uh, a year after that and University of Arizona and got into computer science again. Okay. Awesome. What was that, what was that experience like uh, basically coming? Did you speak English before you moved here or like, how, like how was that experience? Was it scary or exciting and scary or yeah, share a little bit about that. Um, so the, the main reason Mainly what happened, my mom married someone okay. here and I was a dependent. So I was 17. So I, I had the choice of coming with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought, 
yeah, like why not? Because computer science, all the big companies are here. Like why wouldn't I go to United States and study there so that I can have the opportunity to get with all right. those, those companies, right? So I was already thinking ahead, you know, of all those opportunities. And, but the transition was pretty hard because I, I went from having like a social circle knowing everything mm. and moving to the country, uh, to the United States, I only had my mom, you know, mm-hmm. um, but the English, I, I could understand pretty well. Speak it was a little hard, you know, okay. or reading and writing was okay too. Mm-hmm. Cause I taken classes by okay. that point, but it definitely evolved a lot from the first time, right. When I moved here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your English is really good. So that's your, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. <laughs> Thank Do you, you. Yeah. Do you have any advice for someone that uh, is maybe like maybe they're making the transition right now or they'll soon be making that transition? Right. Like how maybe they can get their skills faster or something like that? Yeah. Um, It's interesting because that happens a lot here, right? Especially with computer science. A lot of people Mm -hmm. want to come here because here's a lot of companies and an opportunity and a lot of demand. Of course, like we need the, the most we can get. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think just resilience and it's going to be hard. Transitions are really hard because you're not going to know anyone and you're going to take a little bit to fit in, mm-hmm. but just realizing that a lot of people, uh, are friendly and they're here and they're available to help. Maybe some people are going to be, uh, not so friendly, but most people will be, uh, glad to give you a hand and to help you learn and uh, feel at home, you know, feel like you have a space. Yeah, that's like what I'm hearing from you. It's like really kind of like a mental game. Like if yeah. you go into it with a good attitude and know like people are, are going to want to help you, it's, it's going to be a lot less like painful experience because you're going to, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, man. I'm so you're, you're here for good, right? Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, I did, I was curious for you. What was the, what is like the passion that was driving you when you first started learning how to program? And is that, is that also still driving you or has your passion kind of changed since you've learned a little bit more about, Uh mm -hmm. um, I think the first passion was like the puzzle oh this is fun Mm. especially because um i was pretty bad at school like high school i was bad at math i was bad i still say that a lot in my content is that you don't need to be good at math because i'm still bad at math and i don't (laughs) like it but i love programming they're like they're different i tell people a lot that it's not the same thing so i was bad at math biology everything like chemistry physics everything and then i had a chance to start over it's like because programming, once you get to college, usually for most times you haven't seen that before. So it's like a new thing. And I connected right away. It just felt like the video games and the computer things that I was doing because I spent all day in computer. So I was like, oh, this is fun. Mm-hmm. You know? That was my first passion and connection. Okay, I can do this. And I was kind of like natural, a natural drive for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but as it evolved, I just like kind of, built this relationship with technology you know mm. and i think it, it became some something like more complex where i was just like oh i love the 
opportunity that technology has to like change the world, to do all these things, to create so many different things in so many different areas. And mm-hmm. that, that like, that's what my passion evolved to. Okay. Yeah. I love that. It's like, um, it's like it really evolved into, uh, technology and that actually feeds right into your mission. Can you tell me about your mission or tell us a little bit about your mission to help, uh, 100,000 people? Yeah. Uh, I'll let you kind of fill in the rest of the blank there. Sure. Um, I've been thinking a lot about like, what do I want to do? You know, especially mm-hmm. now I'm 22, about to be 23. Yeah. And I recently was thinking, I just need something ambitious that's going to push me and that's going to drive my career. And I came up with this mission of helping a hundred thousand people to uh, change the world through technology, right? To uh, have this power that I said is, that you can be in so many different areas and, and do so much impact with just the skill of programming mm-hmm. and creating the technology. And I think this is amazing. And uh, I don't know if I would want to just be coding for someone, you know, right. I want to help other people. And that's what I realized with uh, some passion too, as a teacher assistant in school, uh, teaching students uh, in my university, I became a coordinator and I started teaching other teacher assistants how to teach the students um, and just mentoring people for free. I just had like a drive for it. They didn't even need to pay me mm-hmm. at the start. Right. And I came up with this mission. It's just a, just, just a number a hundred thousand, but that's just to push me right. for more, you know, to push me like, aim to the moon, you know, and you, you mm-hmm. may get there. I may get like to 50,000. That's going to be great. You know, yeah. but mission to help a hundred thousand people change the world. Maybe one or two of those people are going to create a Facebook or something. That'd be amazing. Right. You know? Yeah. Th- thank you for sharing that. Um, I was, I was curious what, uh, so that, so, and maybe we've already answered this question, but when it comes to like your lifespan, what is like a problem that you would like to solve in your lifespan? Like a big problem. Okay. Um, that's an interesting question. I think the problem I I've been getting and, and driving myself towards education mm-hmm. and maybe the problem of, uh, the, the depth of students, all the things that I have to go through and like uh, figuring out if, for example, majors for them, for example, in my area would be figuring out computer science for them programming in the first place before they pay like $2,000 for one class, you know, which is like three credits that I actually saw this is like medium average $1,800 for three credits, one class in, in university. So that's a lot of money yeah. for one semester, you know, for one class. Um, so solving that problem, and I think it, it's going through a transition in the United States, especially because we have all this internet, a lot of people online, the social media and those technologies, those platforms, where people are creating information products and education products. Some of them are bad, some of them are good, but I think the, the good ones are being filtered out and and it's kind of like giving people a second chance, you know, a, a different 
alternative way. So maybe solving that problem of uh, the education and how expensive it is, how uh, unreliable sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's uh, I couldn't agree more with you. I went through a university uh, here in New Mexico, actually, for my petroleum engineering degree. And mm-hmm. uh, like it was on definitely like the price was a lot better than some places you could have gone. But a bachelor's degree is 120 credit hours. And you're talking two to two to three thousand dollars per, you know, three for three credit hours. So, you know, do the math on that. Like you're spending, yeah. you're spending major cash and yeah. And you brought up a good point. Like the students, they may not even know that this is a path they want to go down and they're already like forking out all this cash. So are you talking about like, as part of the problem, like, uh, like helping them doing like a, a thorough exploration of, of like, is this the path I want to go down before they spend the money? Is that, is that part I of think that, that could be part of the solution and okay. internet right now it's facilitating that a lot. Right. Where maybe in the past we would think on this like world where we could like see all these career paths before we go into studying and invest a lot into it. Right. And the internet's kind of this tool now, right? You can, you can like buy a few uh, $10 courses or like watch a few videos on YouTube and figure out a little bit of the, about the skills that are involved into that career path and see for yourself, try it out. If, mm-hmm that's something that you'd like to invest your life in your career in. Yeah, that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then I love the other, so the other part of this is, um, you know, getting real world experience. I know you're passionate about separating those things. Like school is good for theory, but Uh in the end, like we're, we're trying to get jobs. We're trying to make a difference in the world. So how, so that's, um, yeah, I'm kind of actually curious. Like you had an, a uh, some internship experience, right? Yeah. How did how did you um, like break into it? Because even when you're competing for that internship, like other people ha- might have work experience, and the intern, the companies love interns that have experience. So it's like yeah. this 22. Like, how do I get experience if I can't get the internship, but I can't right. compete? because I don't have any experience. How do you help somebody kind of, how do, how do they deal with that and how do they break into uh-huh. it? Uh, I always think uh, in a way that you shouldn't be focusing on just getting grades and mm. getting your classes right. And the way you get the experience is going to be by going to things outside of classes, which is going to be by learning how to do web development by yourself and creating like a website by, uh, going and getting with a buddy and creating an ambitious project on the side for the whole semester, right? Maybe you put a due date the whole semester or going even to like hackathons, joining to clubs, uh, finding relevant work like teacher assistant work or whatever volunteer work for Mm -hmm. a computer science ambassador or something. But I actually have a interesting story of this. This is my childhood best friend. He, he studied in Brazil. His name is Lucas. And he, he went to like a really prestige school in Brazil. It's really hard to get. And he got like uh, everything included. And you got to like pass a really hard test. But he said to me, I came, he came visit here because he's now he's working. He graduated. But he mm-hmm. said to me that the classes sucked. They're all like conceptual. And, and they were hard classes. The tests were really hard. 
but he re- realized right away that he should not rely on those classes and he he doesn't have the highest grades and he mm. has friends there they are like brilliant and they have the highest grades but they couldn't get any like good jobs because they didn't do anything on the side my friend he was able to go to like coding competitions get to the finals he was like building like going to this robot fighting competitions where he programmed some robots he was like creating projects on the side and mm. that allowed him to get an internship with microsoft being from brazil like microsoft flew him here to seattle and get an internship there like overseas you know i know a lot of followers are from outside united mm. states and they're always asking oh i want to get to microsoft to google my friend was able to and not because of his classes but because of the, the outside work that he was able to show to microsoft look i'm passionate about this i'm creating all these things i think i could do uh, valuable work with you guys and learn from you guys you know so i think that's really important man that that's an awesome story almost like counterintuitive because in school i mean the that's like that's all that anybody basically cares about like their performance in the classes like there's yeah. very little emphasis on becoming a, a well-rounded person but it served your friend lucas well and it sounds like it's served you well did you practice did you practice that as well yeah exactly so mm-hmm. that the way i got my internship was through being a teacher assistant which is relevant work participating in all three years of a. Uh, a yearly hackathon that we had in building projects there on a summer where I didn't had a internship. I was, I spent the whole summer learning web development, which I hadn't taken class before and creating mm-hmm. a whole website from scratch, you mm-hmm. know? So those are the things that I had to show my passion for technology on, on the interview with companies. Mm-hmm. And it, and they, they love it. Like you got an internship with black, black rock, right? Black rock, yeah. Is, is there, um, like, what can you share about that internship? Like, can you, I know you can't get into the specific like right. things, but is there some information you could kind of like share with us on like what that was like or um, like general problems you were solving or, or things that you learned from that that will change, that have changed your life? Yeah, uh, I can share like the technologies that I use and what I, I learned. Sure. Yeah, I, I had like no idea about like Docker and Kubernetes and stuff. And yeah. that's, that's literally the main thing that I was working on and the main thing mm-hmm. that I learned. And I, I was like so glad that I learned all these things about like Docker and Kubernetes and they're like mentoring me mm-hmm. on that. But also like I used Python and I used Go, which Go I never used and I learned a lot. It's, it's a lot of fun. And I think it's really important that uh, you get a good manager because I, I got a really good manager. Okay. Uh, I know, but my experience was that my team were like pushing me to do complex problems and like a, a cool technology. And that really helped me to learn more and be excited about the work. Um, but that's about, I think as much as I can share. <laughs> yeah. They, they probably There's a lot of, especially, yeah. Yeah. Especially <laughs> in like financial companies. There are a lot of, they're dealing with a lot of money with a lot of people. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So do you think you would like to work there again or are you kind of looking into other industries now? Uh, it's a possibility mm-hmm. for sure. It's, they're really cool. The actual, I was very impressed with the culture that they had. And I think the, they're not like a very old company. 
their new company and one of their main products is a technology product. It's called mm -hmm. Aladdin. Aladdin software, which uh, it does a lot of things. It's a huge software. They have a really big team. Mm. Um, and they manage, uh, so you have an idea, BlackRock, I don't know if you're familiar with what they do, but they're the biggest asset manager in the world, which mm. means they manage $6.7 trillion for their customers. So that's they're okay. dealing with a lot of money, you know? Mm. So they have this, and that's because they have the technology to back all of that, mm -hmm. to do all the predictions, to do all the, the amazing things that they do there. Yeah. yeah. So it's pretty exciting. So that, that's one of my top choices just because I had the experience to being there and I know the good teams and I know where I could be placed. Mm -hmm. But I will also, just to provide my content, I'm, I'm going to be interviewing, trying to interview and see a lot of other opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. You, it seems like you have a lot of potential. So I, I think you're going to have a hard choice on where to, where to go for sure. Yeah. Was, so was that internship uh, like something that you got plugged into from the university or did you, did you, did you answer that question already? Like how do you, I don't think, so. no, oh. I, I applied online actually. Oh. Wow. The university, the university has a lot of uh, uh, stuff in the career fairs and a lot of help with that. Right, and right. that's one of the main reasons I say if you can go to university and you, mm -hmm. you don't need to pay depth is the network. Yeah. And the, the ability to be surrounded by people that are in that field mm -hmm. that's going to make you able to like make friends and connect and be able to like create all these things on the side extracurricular. That's more important than the actual classes. The actual classes are good because they're a framework of things, like the basis of what you need to learn. But I think the, the network is even more important than the framework that the classes provide. The network is more important than the framework. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, carry, carry on. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I was just... No, no. That's cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, the process was I applied online, and I also tell uh, the people in my roadmap the the ebook that i have and to all my content too it's just apply to a lot more pace, places than you think you should apply especially in this field because there's so many places and they use so many different technologies mm. and maybe the reason you're not getting because you're applying to five places and you're just not a fit to any of those places right know? maybe you have an amazing resume and you have an amazing uh, uh learning experience and you have all these like, side projects but Maybe they don't connect to any of those five companies you applied. So I always, I always say at least 50 if you're trying to get an internship, you know? Per, se go per, online. per semester? Well, per, per like year before an internship. Okay. Which is a summer internship, right? You're going to be probably applying around the fall and the beginning of spring. Um, so, yeah, I applied. I think I applied to... No, not much more than that because I started getting a lot of emails back, mm -hmm. like 60, but I would have kept going, right? If I <laughs> didn't get a lot back. Yeah. But I interviewed with like Pinterest, interviewed with Google, I interviewed with Microsoft, I interviewed with BlackRock, uh, some other like smaller ones like US Foods, I think, I interviewed with two more. But those are like the main ones that I, I went through the process just to like get the experience and see if I could wait in offers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. There was uh so I want to, I want to talk about that more, but uh, you had brought up something about teamwork uh, uh -huh. and how that was kind of important on your BlackRock experience. And uh, I was wondering if you can just 
share a little bit about that? Cause I, uh, yeah, just share, share kind of like your views on, on that. Yeah. So, uh, it was, it was insightful because in school, when you're doing projects or doing projects by yourself, mm. uh, you're solving smaller problems, right? Like problems that you can see, like I would choose project projects that I, I could see, uh, the result like a smaller thing that doesn't have like a huge impact or it doesn't you know um it's not part of a bigger thing but once i got to the internship i felt like uh just having just getting into this team and getting all this onboarding and talking with the team and then they like give you this problem but this problem is like something that they know why the problem is important and they they've, they're working around the problem that like, okay solve this and i can help you you know so you're kind of solving something inside of a bigger thing that all this team is working around you so you're gonna first not really understand especially if you're new to the team and you're gonna need to like collaborate with them to be able to fit that into that bigger complex thing that your team is doing right so you're gonna have the all the agile uh software engineering like uh things like scrums you're gonna have like daily stand-ups so that you can teamwork and and understand what's going on around you so that you can fit that right that, that was my uh insight that i gained yeah, okay excellent. different you know mm-hmm. yeah the so and teamwork is uh like since you've had that experience have you had any uh, other interviews um what do you mean for uh, full-time yeah, uh, well, well, basically, I was just curious, like you had this awesome experience at BlackRock, and I was wondering if you've had a chance to implement anything you've learned from basically that job into like the next interview. Have you had, right. or, or are you going to be doing that soon? So I actually finished my internship yesterday. Yesterday was my last day of an internship. <laughs> okay. So you're- yeah. And I'm already... They said they're going to contact me back in a few weeks yeah. with returning offers. But most people, I would imagine, get returning offers, but it's not 100%. So I'm not right. being entitled to the offer, you know? So mm-hmm. I have has the sh- chance that they don't give me back for some reason. Uh, but I, I would believe that I would get a return returning offer. And then I also have been in contact with Microsoft, which they have contacted me since I interviewed there before. I have some networks. Mm-hmm. And I kept that good standing with the recruiters, you know? And someone from Google contacted me too. So I'll probably start uh, interviewing those. And I haven't applied a lot to a lot of places yet, but I just updated my resume with my experience from BlackRock. And it's gonna, I'm going to start like throwing it to places so that I can get that interviews. Yeah, that, that's awesome. I'm excited for you, man. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, the, so you had an epic interview with Microsoft. Can we talk about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Actually, the my first interview after, ever for like a software engineering role was with Microsoft. Okay. And it was for their freshman and sophomore program, which is called the Explorer program. And I was like a sophomore and I just went to a career fair with my girlfriend at the time. She was like, I got to go because I want to do this. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll just come up <laughs> with a resume and do it. And I was kind of just like an experimental way. Hmm. you know just experimenting with all these companies in the career fair giving my resume 
And for some reason, the only company that replied back was Microsoft. And I think a lot of other companies don't have this like sophomore, so it's fair. Like, yeah. They're not hiring sophomores to be a, a doing internship. But then I had a phone interview and I had like an on-site interview with Microsoft. And then the next year, and I didn't get that. I can talk, I can expand on that. But the next year, I tried to apply to a PM position and then like the interview was totally different. I had no idea what I was doing and I didn't get even the first phase. And then the next year, which was now for the same one as the BlackRock, mm-hmm. uh, I did another on-site, which I also failed. Uh, but that gave me so much experience because Microsoft, it's a pretty big interview. You have like four people on-site. You have like first a first phase, you know, and then you go there and you have four people interview you for a team and they're like a bunch of behavioral questions. They like test you on all these different things mm-hmm. and they're going to be different for everyone because every team is going to interview the way they want to interview. And there are like thousands of teams at Microsoft. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just the experience of being able to interview with Microsoft, I think it's very valuable. I'm like grateful for having been able to go there multiple times and fail because that, mm-hmm. that built me a lot. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you want to talk about? The, any other questions on the Microsoft interview? I don't know. If I'm, I, I'm actually just, uh, just curious about the whole thing. You, you had mentioned in the pre-interview uh, that it was, uh-huh. basically, it was an epic experience for you. And uh, yeah. so I, I wanted to give you a chance to share that. But yeah, okay. Yeah, anything you think that would be helpful basically for the audience? Um, I think that's kind of a unique opportunity that you got. Like n- nobody, well, not very many people get that opportunity, I guess. So, you yeah. know, something, anything that would be kind of like inspiring to them to, you know, go out and apply for those jobs or mm-hmm. like what they kind of have to look forward to if, if they did, you know, get that experience. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I think uh, first, if you're like a freshman or sophomore, mm-hmm. like make sure you just apply to those big companies because those are the ones that are going to have something for you. All the other companies are not going to get an intern your sophomore year because you don't really know a lot other than mm-hmm. those companies. And the most important thing that they're going to be looking for is going to be your passion for mm-hmm. technology. And that you started early, right? That you like started, maybe like you built an app because you took a course for fun in high school or something. So mm-hmm. you're probably going to get a bigger chance. But yeah, the the interview process, it's just very exciting when you like first start. Uh, and especially with Microsoft, my experience is just, I always have fun going to the interview. I don't even care if I'm going to get it. But because they they have so much money for that because they want to hire the best, the very best engineers. So they fly you there. They give you like a lot of money for food. They pay all your transportation. They pay your hotel. And you stay like a day before and a day after your interview day. They give you a tour around. They they gave me like jackets before for free just for interviewing, Mm -hmm. you know. So it's very fun. And plus... A lot of people are nervous and they're like, oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to do. And I just see it as if I don't get it, I learned. Even if I get it, I learned a lot, you know, right. from the experience. And I think that's what allowed me to build uh, more on my experience in teaching people. Mm. Man, I love your attitude. It's like um, 
even if you, even if you just fail, like you're just about the experience, like you don't care what the outcome is. You just want to go out there, meet these people, see what you can learn. That is, that is an awesome attitude. I love that. Um, yeah. What, what can you, cause I mean, I've definitely gone to interviews and, uh, not gotten the job. And I think a lot of people have experienced that. What is kind of your, like, you, like, how do you, how would you kind of tell somebody to get through that, that situation or how would you kind of mentor them through like a failed job interview basically? Uh, uh-huh. so I would, if, if they were about to go to the interview mm-hmm. in the first place, I would just say, you don't really have any more time to like practice. Maybe just like look at the mission statement in the interview from the CEO, which is like the fastest thing you can do. And okay. do like a lead code question the night before just to like warm up. Mm-hmm. Other than that, just go and do your best and like just be yourself. You know, it's kind of cheesy, but it's just all you got to do is yeah. just go there and if you're not a fit, you're not a fit for the company. Maybe it wasn't because of how you did. It was just because they're looking for business skills and you don't have the right skills for that. So maybe you weren't able to answer the questions right because your skills are for some other company that would fit better for some other company. So mm-hmm. just use it as an experience building so you get better, right? Mm-hmm. Which I said before. But right after, if you failed it and they came to me asking, I failed this, what do I do now? is again i would probably get like a notebook and just write down everything you think you did wrong and just reflect through that and Mm. move on to the next one you know it's kind of like how everyone says don't put all your eggs in one basket it's again you shouldn't be interviewing just for one place because first you're just going to be super nervous and you're going to be super bummed out if you don't get that but if you apply to like 50 places like i said you're probably going to get like 10 callbacks and then five interviews. And you're going to be, okay, fine. I'm going to go to the next interview. And even like a week before you got like a really good interview with Microsoft, you should be applying to other places on your free time, you know, just to build that like abundance mentality because we have that this in this field because every single business is going to need like a software developer mm-hmm. of some type. So you have this opportunity to just build this abundance, abundance mentality that is going to build your confidence and not allow you to just be like super nervous. Oh my God, this is my only chance to get into this company. You know, this is going to make you not uh, perform as well. Yeah, I love that. The abundance mentality. So it served you well, It's it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. It makes you more confident to be like, okay, I can mess this up. I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. you know and just allow you to just be yourself and see if you're a fit for the company and if the company's a fit for you instead of just being like this is my whole world and if i fail i'm a failure you know mm-hmm. that's, a, that's the wrong mentality man there's so much gold in there from like the mental game uh of just how to approach life i love that um yeah the so when you are preparing for an interview you kind of briefly touched on this um like you would read the mission statement and and the uh some you said something about watching the interview with the ceo watching oh i was talking about just like watching maybe like an interview with a ceo but just like searching up the ceo and seeing like the latest interview they did Mm. and that's just like to give you a little bit about the ceo you you can know and you can probably quote that interview during a 
that interview during your interview you know that's probably gonna help you okay um, but yeah i i can talk a little bit about the preparing for uh an interview okay um you, there are a lot of little things you can do right you're probably gonna want to do some interview questions because like i said it's different than um the just normal school work that you're going to be doing you gotta like prepare for interview work it's kind of similar to exams in school mm. people that go to school but there are a lot of websites like lit code one that everyone says right which are good and you, you can just do like one every day or two every day it's been like 30 minutes a day doing that but they're also like you, you can do behavioral interview prep which is like which are the questions that you should be asking at the end. Uh, you can study about the company. Like I said, those are the, the things that you, you sh I always say that you should probably know is the mission statement of the company. Another, uh, an answer to a question, uh, why do you want to work at company X? You should always have that answer prepared. Mm -hmm. You should like probably see like a, know who the CEO is and what they're about. And, and, um, have like prepared all like uh explained all the things in your resume so all your projects all your experience make sure you know what would you talk if they asked about that because that's a very common so just be prepared for that and, but another one really good tip which i think helps a lot with the confidence game and making you like just feel like you've done that before is to uh do mock interviews with friends Mm -hmm. and in a way of just like you tell them to do this interview and then you do it before which is gonna get into your mind like okay i've been here before instead of just going to an interview like I, i've never done this or like i have i haven't been prepared so doing a few mock interviews i think they're very helpful even if they're not if you don't really know the questions that are going to be asked but mm -hmm. that's just gonna get in your mind okay i've been here before i can do this you know mm. Yeah, that that's uh, there's a lot of little gold nuggets there. I think you're you really approach that right that that answer right because I mean there's like a, so many things to consider. So um, and you kind of have to execute on so many levels. But that part you brought up about like yeah, what you wrote on your resume, like make sure you can explain that. Like yeah, that's uh, I mean that's definitely tripped me up before, and uh, so I couldn't agree with you more. Like. Uh, yeah, just make sure because the the resume. I'm, I'm curious what you think about this. Like, is the resume like a a way to kind of just spark conversation in your sense, or you know, like how how do you make that thing work for yourself? Because it's only like one page. Uh huh. Well, I think the resume is important part, as in the ticket to the door. I think the most important part of the resume is going to be. If you're applying to like 50 places, you have to make sure you optimize that because that's your first impression. And your first impression is only gonna take like three to 10 seconds, right? Mm -hmm. Which is like the, the amount of time that people are gonna be looking at your resume. And I have this five to 10 second rule, which is, okay, write your resume the first time, your first draft or whatever. And the way you're gonna review it is you put a time on your cell phone, like five to seven seconds, let's say. And then start a timer and look at your resume. When the timer pops off, turn it out and then write down what you thought. Mm. And what are the first things? Where did you look at? What are the first things you saw? Was it confusing? Was it 
you know, what, what were the words you read? Would you like to read more or were you bored? You know, mm. do you want to read another one? And do that with like, ask all the people to do that too. Like, do you have 10 seconds? Can you just look at this, you know? Right. And that's going to, uh, it's going to put you in the mind of the recruiter, which is your audience, which is who's going to be reading your resume. That's who you're sending to. Mm. And they, they only going to see it for five seconds before they decide, decide if they're going to see more or if they're going to like send to someone else to look at it or if they're going to say no next one. Right. Man, that's awesome. That I've, I've never heard of that before. Um, that is a cool idea though. The whole 10 second rule. Yeah. Cause that's your audience, right? That's who you're right. going to be reading. They're just going to re- be reading for that long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's really awesome. So, uh, our, our time is, uh, we're getting close to the hour. I wanted to ask you a different kind of line of questioning. Um, so you had mentioned in the pre-interview about the open source project, the, uh, uh, knowledge repo, and you said you've been kind of playing around with that. I looked up that project. It, It seems like a cool concept. Can you kind of color in like your experience with that and kind of how you see that being used in, in like a real world situation? Yeah. Uh, I think that project is something that not maybe like a big club, but mm-hmm. it's for like big organizations, right? Something that solves a problem for like organizing knowledge in a big organization. It's very interesting because uh, it's the mission's like very clear. is is an easy way to put everything indexed in like a single place where people can search through and mm. send to each other the knowledge that was built previously in a company. Because in a company, there's a lot of knowledge and research being developed. People that struggled a lot to get to a point, they're like onboarding or they're, they're learning about this technology and they maybe document that, that uh, process and code that they wrote to learn that. But they're all over the place. How do you find that? Who, how do you know which people have that the knowledge but if you all put in this knowledge repo this repository of all this these things and this research and the this struggle that people went through people that are going to uh, encounter the problem again going to be able to go look look in there and find that uh, solution and you can internally exponentially grow like a, a place where you can just learn from that you know it seems like a very cool idea and solution for a big organization. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I could, al- I could almost argue like if you, if you've got like 10 employees or something like that, I mean, you could, you could probably start at least somehow documenting the knowledge. Like there's, there's so much to learn from, yeah. from everyone, but yeah, I see, I see what you're saying. So have you, uh, uh, do you do much work on open source projects? Like do you, do you participate in maintaining any any projects? Actually, like, not really. Okay. I feel like this is something that I, I thought a lot about and like getting yeah. into, but I never really got into. Mm-hmm. But I just came across this project and I thought I would mention because you you asked it in the pre-interview, right? Yeah, um, which I thought was just really cool. So mm-hmm. That's why I'm saying it. Yeah, absolutely. I I'm always curious. Like, there's so many projects going on out there. Like. I've, I've never really heard like a repeat answer to that, to that question. Everybody's got, I would imagine. imagine. Yeah. Well, that is, uh, that's awesome. Uh, so as far as your, um, like 
what was like the best piece of advice that you were ever given? Mm. Um, just, I think the one that I listened to a lot and I might have written that, but uh, to just keep going and getting a little bit better every day, mm-hmm. you know, just uh, doesn't matter how much better, but in anything, just get a little bit better every day and if you're just like down all day, maybe just read a page of a book and you like highlight one thing that you think you learned in that page and you just got a little bit better. And that's exponentially grows over time, you know? And I think that, and I hear that a lot, but that just like sticks with me. Mm-hmm. And it, that's, that's said from a lot of different people in a lot of different ways, but I think it's really good advice. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more with that. It's like, it's like you, you know, you're on your own journey. And what's going to be the 1% improvement for you is going to be different than for me. So it's almost like you can't, like, hidden in that advice is also uh, what I kind of hear out of it is, you know, you have to just kind of, you can't really compare yourself with other people. And that's like a dangerous path to go down, because you don't want to, uh, you know, what's going to make your little improvements is going to be different than someone else. So yeah, I love that. Um, great piece of advice. Um, so what is, uh, what is like the best video game ever made? (laughs) Uh, man, uh, I was just going to say the first one that came to my head was say Minecraft. Minecraft. It's just, this story is, great because it's like this one guy that created with java then he became a billionaire which was bought by microsoft and it's like increasingly it's like a pretty old game and still like a lot of people play a lot of kids enjoy it you know and mm-hmm. people older people so like i played probably that game for like two years once in a while i'll like go back and play for like an hour but right <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a great game i think it's a very good concept and the way it was programmed, the way it was made, it was great too. Great answer. I've definitely spent some serious time uh, playing Minecraft. It <laughs> kind of reminds me of like Legos. Yeah. It's like digital Legos. And I, man, I, I made some Legos, uh, Lego projects back in my day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you know the story of the guy that created it. Did you know? I, I know it was like a one-man show, basically, right? Yeah. Like this this guy just created it and he... I think he hired like two other people after a little bit, but then it was like maybe three or four people and it was bought by Microsoft for like billions. Hmm. Crazy. It's like he has like a bigger house in uh, Hollywood, like in the Beverly Hills than a lot of the actors there. It's like a <laughs> $200 million house. It's, crazy. it's, it sounds like a cool story. I'm going to have to read up more on it. Like yeah. it's definitely inspiring if you're, you know, in, into the like video game, like you have an idea maybe for a video game and uh, you don't know how to execute on it. That's an, yeah, that's an awesome story. Yeah. Uh, What is your kind of like your daily routine? What is like the non-negotiable aspects of your day? Okay. So I think that was the actual answer. I'll think on another, another answer, but that was the answer that I, that I answered. uh, Oh, for the advice. A little bit better. Yeah. Every day. But, Mm-hmm. there are a few other non-negotiables one of them is like drink a lot of water right mm-hmm. when i wake up because it wakes me up 
a lot and it gets me ready to like get up you know instead of just like laying down on my bed i feel like one of the reasons i felt like i just laid down there so i feel like now a lot of people do because of your phone you just like grab your phone and you just like sit down there for a while you know if you don't have anything right away to do is right. you're just very dehydrated because you haven't drank water for like 10 hours mm-hmm. so i just always have like a field water that i can just like boom drink it all and then that that gets me ready like my eyes just like wake up get like hydrated and then i'm able to just get up with energy you know mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i love that it's so simple but yeah so effective right yeah definitely are you a are you a coffee or a tea drinker it's it's maybe been changing maybe because of the internship i used to not like coffee a lot okay and it kind of gives me acid acid reflux but it's a little better now <laughs> but it's just kind of, it's good when you're like sleepy and you know you need to do work and you're like ah oh, like your coffee you know that'll be nice <laughs> but i usually like tea too okay and sometimes even I'll do like caffeine pills. Okay. Those are like nootropic caffeine pills, you know? Mm-hmm. So there, there are a few companies out there that like this whole nootropic thing and they, they'll lie you up pretty good. Okay. And sometimes <laughs> when you, cause you're just like, you're getting the zone cause they have, they have other stuff that they put there. Some like things that you're going to like, activate your brain better and stuff you know they're they're mm. legal but usually not fda approved so you gotta like do your own research right um uh but yeah those those are sometimes fun if you want to experiment something and if you're trying to like do some new project and you want some like more energy i've tried some of those before yeah okay awesome so uh as far as like where people can find you uh wh- where is the best place for them to go connect with you yeah the the best place right now would be Instagram okay. at cool code guy as in code programming. Some people mm-hmm. think it's code, I'm code. But a cool code guy on Instagram, but also coolcodeguy.com. That could be a valuable place to and just send me a DM and I answer everyone on DM. Whatever you, you say. You just say hi, I'll say hi back. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And the uh, the call to action you have, there's a there's a product that you sell, but it's not open right now. How do people, if people want to kind of learn more about your product, how do they, how do they do that? Sure. Uh, I've, I'm not, I've been building it, but I've not started selling it, but okay. it might happen around August 15, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, like this month, uh, when I start selling it, it's going to be about helping people get the internship that they want. And it's going to be like 10x the value. So you're going to pay a fraction of the amount you're going to get paid in an internship anyways. And with all the experience that I've built. But it's it's a work in progress. And right now I have a lot of free things that you can get from my website. I have a free ebook that you can get about getting internships, which you just go and sign up to my email list. And you're going to get a free ebook uh, on coolcoguide.com slash free uh, minus ease minus book. or if you follow me on Instagram, sometimes I've been doing free master classes, which are one hour, 40 minutes, one hour long tips on getting internships, Joe. Oh, and you do like a live stream or something like that? Yeah. Okay. Live stream. Perfect. People. 
Well, I, uh, I think this was a, a great talk. I certainly learned a lot of things about it. Um, and I, I really actually wish I, I would have known some of the things we were talking about, like when I was going through school, because internships yeah. is like, uh, it's so vital and really challenging, actually. Like if you, if you don't approach it right, you may never get one type thing. Right. And it's pretty and much changed your life, right? Like the internship gives you all these opportunities. Yeah. I think you, you, you're being able to skyrocket the start of your uh, career. It's going to be able to reach higher places faster than uh, if you don't actually take the work early, you know, it's going right. to like slowly grow. Mm. I don't know if you agree with that. Maybe you're like further in the career. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I've, I feel like my life would be, I'd be in a whole different trajectory if I didn't have the internship that I did, basically. Mm -hmm. It's uh, like, it's a life changer, game changing. Like, I don't know how else to say it. Like, if you're not doing it, you need to start doing it. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Get, like, if you're in school and what you were talking about, like, you know, you go to school, you pay all the money for the classes, but really what the, what you're really getting out of it is like the network and these connections. Like, yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. Um, I, I just hope that this, somebody that out there, maybe, you know, they can leverage this information and, uh, and change their life too. Yeah, so hopefully, yeah. yeah, I was glad to help. Mm -hmm. anyone. Yeah. You have a great attitude, man. Um, I, I'd love to stay in touch with you and see how things go. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll definitely stay in touch. Absolutely. Well, Victor, so much. Thank you so much for joining me on the show here today uh, on the Profitable Python podcast. And I wish you the best of luck. All righty. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. Thanks.